What's up, everybody? Welcome to Roots to Grooves. Hello, everybody. I'm Jay. I'm Jesse. That makes this Roots to Grooves. Yes, here on the weekly, talking about a new artist every week, exploring their music. Love it. Their history, their creative approaches. Their philosophy and their journey. Yeah. It's, uh, Trying to hit it all. It's good. It's been inspiring. This is, uh, like I believe, our 22nd episode. Yeah. I feel like. So we're, so. we're racking them up. We're in double digits now. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, been a good journey like to uh, discuss artists I've already heard about and new mm-hmm. ones that you've brought to me. And um, Yeah. yeah. We're, we're here to explore and to, to learn what we can. Yeah. And uh, this week, we're covering someone from your neck of the woods, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my pick of the week. From San Diego. Uh-huh. Waves waves that's w-a-v-v yes e-s and i mean so what i mean real quick okay so let me just say we'll, uh, we'll talk about the music first okay um it's kind of grungy beachy mm-hmm. um it's it's like uh beach boys meets the ramones yeah and they got in a car crash <laughs> and and it's a lot he started with some lo-fi stuff yeah kind of moved to some more alternative stuff um it's you know kind of, it's surf rock alternative grunge lo-fi yeah um and he's through his discography you can see kind of their uh um their growth yeah and and then moving towards kind of trying some new things and stuff which is really cool to see in an artist um it's mostly headed by the the gentleman the front man nathan williams yeah mm-hmm. and he's kind of been the one the he's the heart and soul of the band and there's been other drummers and uh different members of the band kind of throughout the yeah yeah uh, the length, but it's kind of mostly him. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, and from San Diego, California, that's where I'm from. So exactly, exactly like you said, yeah. <laughs> it's it's cool to see uh, you know cool music coming out come out out of there. Yeah, and I was sort of getting um, I call it like pop punk vibes from it. Totally. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. really see that. Yeah. I wouldn't have said that myself, but then upon when I saw other people saying that, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and um. A lot of some of the tracks throughout some of the albums reminded me of that kind of 90s era of like indie grunge rock. For sure. Like Nirvana, uh, Green Day, Everclear. Yeah. I know I've mentioned Everclear a lot to you before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that know. keeps coming up. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Would, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he listened to, um, you know, Blink-182 even. Yeah, yeah. I haven't really heard much of their stuff other than their like big hits, but like... Right. Yeah. Like that sort of era. It's more of the same. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, you yeah. know, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think, um, especially in, you know, Afraid of Heights, the album in 2010 or so, and we'll get into that later. But I mean, yeah, he's definitely influenced by Nirvana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got, I put some other influence like Dinosaur Jr., Oasis, mm. REM, uh, Nirvana, like I said, and Weezer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're, and they're, they're, utilizing some of these songwriting techniques of these other you know bands that have gone huge and also some of the just the aesthetic of the sounds of the guitars for example yeah trying to go for those same kind of tones yeah um yeah so i mean super good stuff what, what's your initial reaction to to this band in general uh so i listened to the first or the most recent album first came out in 2017 you're, okay you're welcome so that was my first introduction to, to their sound. Hadn't heard of them before. I think I've seen the name around, but uh-huh. um, yeah. And I just like, I loved it. It was, it was like driving, um, you know, kind of good, catchy rock music. Totally. Um, it's got some interesting sort of digital glitches I, I sort of in, that, in the arrangements of some of the ways they were doing it. Some little production Yeah, which is interesting to me because I was like, even when I first heard it, I was like, yeah, I bet they haven't done that before in other 
albums. So yeah, when I listened mm-hmm. back to that, their older stuff, that kind of approach seemed a bit new for them, I think. Um, and it's not a lot. It's just like a few ways, like the sound cuts in and out and a few songs or like some weird like arrangement type of thing they've done. For where sure. It sort of like glitches a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I liked it. Yeah, it definitely reminded me of like Strokes or something like that. Um, I was trying to pull yeah. up their, their Spotify so I can get another reference there. Uh, but yeah, exactly. That's interesting that you, you listened to their last album yeah. first because... Um, I mean, basically, he had two albums that came out in like 2008, 2009, and they're really lo-fi. Yeah, yeah. Really bedroom. Yeah. Beachy. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting stuff. It's really cool. And he he built a whole kind of world. And and this, you know, he there was the whole like kind of blogs going on and uh, with lo-fi and kind of grunge and and that bedroom thing. And he was kind of in that scene. Mm. Uh, as far I don't even know too much about how to explain it, but there was like a blog scene. Right. with you know different aesthetics from these bands and he was kind of right at the forefront of it kind of charging the way with this kind of you know newish sound or at least whatever niche he's kind of yeah, yeah. penetrating there mm. um i discovered waves from afraid of heights mm. there was that the third album um one two three four four fourth one yeah, yeah. Which is like t- 2010 2011 i gotta uh, i gotta pull it up 2013 my, yeah, yeah. my dad is not working to, to uh, what I need it to be at yeah. in order to create this content. We still have connection I'm, issues here. I'm Internet's, recording. Internet's getting hooked up tomorrow. Yeah, guys, we don't have... Studio, so... Yeah. That's beautiful. That's <laughs> I, that's music to my ears. Yeah. We don't have Wi-Fi right now, guys. Yeah. So bear with me. Mm. Um, but yeah, Afraid of Heights. And that one's... You can definitely hear a lot of influence from specifically Nevermind by Nirvana. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Like, I actually specifically wrote, there's a song called Dog from that album. Mm-hmm, nice. Totally reminded me of like Polly or something like that. Yeah. Like the, the guitar. 100%. Stuff, yeah. Which in that album, they went a little more alternative. And, um, but that was the song we played at the very beginning, Sail to the Sun. That's the first al- um, the first song off that record. Mm. And I mean, that just charges me up. I love it. It's so energetic. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, just pure energy to me. And yeah. it's, it's got that kind of beachy vibe. This whole That whole record doesn't have so much of a beachy vibe as some of the other things he's done. Yeah. Um, but so energetic and fun. Just It's like a rock band. It, and I love the chord progressions. And I don't know what it is. It's simple stuff yeah. when you listen to it. But it has a lot of really cool energy for me. Yeah. And this guy's always like, you know, doing, <laughs> just doing cool little funny beachy kind of vocals like that. So yeah. I don't know. It really turns me on. And, that, and that's um, he had a song on the radio called Demon to Lean On. And that was the first song I ever heard, and that's also off that record. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's a little bit of the rundown. So we went a little more alternative than the the later albums. Kind of went a little bit more, kind of tight and pristine. Yeah. Um, and like a little more post punk. Yeah. So pretty interesting. Um, yeah, because I will say, like the first two albums, first one called Waves, next one Waves with, with three V's. That <laughs> three second V's, one, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, 2008, 2009, they came out. I, after listening, I sort of went backwards again on this episode, uh-huh. latest stuff to the earlier stuff. And unfortunately, I will say that those first two albums are a little bit unlistenable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, just purely not because of the songs themselves, but the production quality. Right. Like it's really, there's like no low end in there. It's all like high end. I wrote it sounded like it's recorded in a tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Or a some punk rock club, <laughs> it, someone on their phone at the back of the building kind of thing. For sure. Um, and I was like, and interestingly, he actually said that specifically. He called it a tinny trash can sound. Yeah. I mean, that um, describes it aptly. Yeah. So 
I will say, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's hard for me to listen just because of the like the frequencies going on. No, one hundred percent. That's one of the things that's interesting about this this band, this group, and Nathan Williams, um, in Waves is how dynamic it is. Because some of it, it it charges me up like that. Sail to the Sun song, love it. It's 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 like great, you know, perfect for what whatever that yeah provides. Um, but then some of it is almost unlistenable. Yeah. Like those first couple albums, very lo-fi, yeah, in your face bedroom yeah you know i mean and i think he was you know it's all diy he made it on a laptop i think he was using garage band right and he didn't know how to use garage band yeah you know just, he just did it yeah so he's just figuring this stuff out and yeah. completely diy and like there is one track from the first album called lover and uh being a drummer like there's some really great drums in there kind mm-hmm. of thing it's like at the beginning and then it breaks yeah um but, but yeah but when the rest of the instruments come in it's just like oh i don't know it's like it's just like yeah no nope, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry nathan but yeah it's 100 uh, <laughs> percent. but like i was saying though that's what's interesting there's some songs that are like super good and then there's some yeah. stuff that's like i don't really even yeah i don't care about it too much it's not it's no. not that good yeah even i'll go so far to say like i don't want to never trying to be negative here on roots to groove no. but uh everyone has their personal preferences and music is incredibly subjective and personal yeah absolutely. and we definitely respect that here so if you don't like some of this stuff i respect that yeah well no yeah literally though for me though it wasn't even the songs like i actually liked some tracks that are on there Mm -hmm. it was just the way it was produced was like too jarring for me kind of thing so that was all but i mean yeah i totally understand like you know i think he recorded it like in his parents shed or something yeah just living at his parents house yeah and I mean, before we get ahead of ourselves, yeah, let's sure. let's back up a little bit and like, who is this guy? Yeah, because um, he's done some cool stuff. And just a real quick recap: you know, he's worked with Big Boy, he's worked with uh, Giza, I think, is part of Wu Tang Clan. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So he's he's doing some cool stuff. And then let's take it all the way back to you know as far back as we know about his history, because mm. uh, he was born in Los Angeles, mm. as far as I am concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some at some point he moved to Virginia with his family, I believe. And then when he was 14 years old, he moved back. Um, so I'm just trying to, this is yeah, just yeah. my notes of um, some rough notes about his life, I guess. Um, yeah. He was, uh, he played, he started some bands in middle school, as mm. far back as middle school, you know, trying to impress girls with a couple people, <laughs> with his friends, you know, just yeah. classic. He's a classic skater guy. Right. And, and I haven't even mentioned a lot of his lyrics are kind of dark and depressing and insecure and you know say what you want about about that some people don't like to listen to that mm. but he's an interesting guy and um, another little recap i mean he's been involved with drugs yeah and you know living in a squatter's house you know and we'll we'll kind of get into this but he's he's a, yeah. he's a kind of a wild guy yeah. and uh you know he's a punk yeah and he doesn't care about rules and he's just trying to find his place in life yeah for sure and and so i'm going kind of back and forth but you know he's playing middle school parties he was homeschooled and mm. i don't know exactly the years but i think through homeschool or through middle school he was homeschooled um and i was too in san diego so that's a little oh, okay. yeah. um, little fun fact um he was in high school he dropped out of high school oh. and again i don't have all the specific dates but he had a scholarship to play soccer at one point okay yeah. so Yes, um, but yeah. he's he's getting wild, you know. He's 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 a skater, punk. I do know, like he said, he grew up in a kind of religious household, and uh, okay, was kind of forced to go to church. 
Um, so it's interesting you said he was homeschooled for some of that because I think he also went to like uh, Christian schools and okay, uh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and like youth club stuff that is associated with that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, he said he just didn't like like just didn't drive them at all like the whole religious. Yeah, he just didn't thing. see that. Yeah, and I think that's kind of he rebelled against that. And right, like um, yeah, and you know, so he's kind of had a turbulent time with the the drink and the drugs said he mm -hmm. was addicted to heroin from like 17 to the age of 20 yeah lived like you said in a in a squatter's house of about 15 other people where they were just stealing shit and doing heroin like it's yeah crazy he's um, i mean yeah well we're on that we might as well talk yeah. about it i mean yeah. there was no furniture in this house right yeah i think the only piece of furniture in the house was a wheelchair that he stole <laughs> from what was it I, it was i don't know walmart or something like that yeah and you know, so you could just paint a picture in your your mind. Have you ever seen Train Spotting, the movie? You should watch that. It reminds me. I don't me think of so. That yeah, it's like this old British movie. Ewan McGregor's in it, and uh, oh, about, I love him. Yeah, it's about it's all based in Scotland about these guys that are all addicted to heroin and okay. their story kind of thing. Yeah, I hear yeah. that's heroin's pretty addictive. Yes, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, not something I would ever want to go near, but um, yeah. But yeah, opioids and well, opium used to be a big thing, you know, for sure. Like, I mean, there's kind of an opioid crisis up here in Washington. Well, yeah, with that now, but even back in the day, like smoking opium, like in the Victorian era, okay, have, like opium dens and stuff like really? that. Really? Yeah, you'd go to and people love drugs. What What are you gonna do? Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so yeah, we're just trying to paint a picture of this guy. You know, he's yeah. like he's grown up in a religious household, like you said, and I didn't know. Um, you know, he's living in his parents' house. He has a scholarship to to play soccer. He gets kicked out of the house. You know, so he has he's 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 just a kid. You know, he's trying to yeah. figure out what he's about and and yeah. where what his place is in life. And I think that's one thing that I relate to because you know I think a lot of people relate to that. Like, where what am I doing here? You know, yeah, insecurities and all the stuff that goes through your head, especially as a teenager, yeah. trying to find your way in life. Um, so he had some some tough times. I, mean, I think he was paying rent at some point by stealing jeans from Nordstrom. Mm. Um, I was reading, and I guess he would go in with just a baggy pair of pants and then get a couple jeans. And wear them. And, <laughs> and go in the dressing room, put them on, and then put his baggy jeans over them and walk right on out. That must have been the days before they had those little plastic things with the alarm on it. Like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, you just run through it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly. I think his parents found out at some point because yeah. they were snooping in his room or something and found the tags on the jeans and they're like you're not buying these yeah and they they took him to the nordstrom's and be like here's the jeans oh, really? yeah. here's my son and you can accuse him and you can take him in if you want like call the cops yeah like yeah. this is what he deserves yeah yeah you know and whatever say what you want about it i, I don't think anything mm -hmm. happened i don't think they pressed charges yeah they didn't care yeah he said he never really got caught um in it, one interview i saw um during his period of like heroin and stealing to buy yeah. heroin he said he never got caught for any of the stealing stuff and right he he says also kind of feels a bit of guilt about that now like he he will be caught like now even mm -hmm. though he's not doing that anymore i bet yeah <laughs> i bet yeah. it's it's yeah so i don't know yeah he's he's just figuring out his way of life and and music is kind of the one thing that he's been drawn to yeah and that kind of keeps him sane and allows him to express himself yeah. and in a in a really cool way absolutely um so i mean yeah i think where are we i mean they yeah, have the jeans the wheelchair i think eventually there was that he was getting there's a lot of drugs going on in his 
circle of friends and stuff in San Diego. Yeah. And so at some point it was like too much and he realized he had to get out of it. So he went up to Portland. I think that was in 2006 and he worked, um, he, I think he moved there with his buddy, mm. one of his buddies from San Diego. And I guess he worked at American Apparel for a little while, you know, get out of the scene, try to get a little more healthy. Mm. And I mean, it's very surprising hearing some of the stories and the general vibes of this guy, how he has made it out. Okay. And he's still alive. Yeah. Cause you know, being addicted to drugs and, and moving from city to city being, he's a, he's a crazy guy, you know, he's wild. He's got a lot of wild energy and everything. So, you know, anyway, yeah. uh, he moved back to San Diego, I guess, got a job at music trader. Um, he quit cause he didn't like it. Doesn't like any of that corporate yeah. <laughs> retail job kind of thing. Um, and then he moved back in with his parents, I think in 2008. Mm. And so this is when he started messing around with music and kind of starting to build those first two albums. Got it. Yeah. Um, I think he had an eighties task cam eight track. Mm. Okay. And I don't really know exactly precisely what that means. Like I know what the eight track is, but task cam. Uh, it's the model. Yeah. Just the model name. Yeah. They're, they're used to like high end um, audio gear, but then also like the consumer eight track. Okay. Types things as well. Nice. So I guess he had that. And then he had, like we were saying before, he had GarageBand and he had a laptop and he wasn't like a music producer. He didn't go to audio engineering school, um, but he was just DIY figuring out how to make some beats and how to make some sounds and express himself, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I, I think he was also during around that time, he had a blog called Ghost Ramp okay. where he was, I think he was reviewing like hip hop artists or rappers. Oh, really? Because he's influenced by some of that. Yeah. stuff as well and somewhere along the way i found out that one of his big influences that he's talked about multiple times is lady gaga really <laughs> yeah and i think he was playing a show somewhere Lollapalooza or something in chicago or something like that and and lady gaga was also playing there and the interviewer asked him you know is there anybody you want to meet and he said lady gaga yeah. and so did they meet i don't think they met yeah no I get waves isn't big enough to, to garner that kind of <laughs> who's, interaction. Who's this band you want me to meet? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I'm Lady Gaga. Do you know who I am? Right, no. <laughs> but I, I love seeing how like this grungy, wild punk guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, aspires to kind of at least want to interact with and they respect somebody like Lady Gaga, who's has some real talent, obviously, and who's made it basically to the, the the top of the top. Yeah, in the music industry, so yeah. just you know, it's cool dynamics to see. So, um, definitely. Let's see. Yeah, Ghost Ramp. Boom. So, which is a name we can talk about that later that he's kept, and uh, mm-hmm. we can talk about how he's using that in this day and age a little bit later on, maybe because I think yeah, it's part of a couple of stories. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, that um, sounds good. And I guess I was in it. I mean, we could just kind of wrap up these first two albums. In yeah. 2008, he's working like Garage Band with his eight track, and he he makes this first album and puts it out. I think. I can't remember if he put them out himself. He might have put them out himself or... So there was a couple of labels. The first one came out on a label called Wood, Woodist. Uh, I, I want to say, or Woodzist. Woodzist hard, hard sounds to good. Say. The next one, next, the second album came out on Dishtil. These are really hard, bad names, uh, label yeah. names to think. Um, so I don't think they're here his own. Their um, Woodists was started in 2006 by Jeremy Earle. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool. Yeah, who else have they had put out? I don't really notice any, recognize any of the other artists they've put out, but they've put out a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Ducktales is on there. Kevin Warby. Yeah, well, I don't know any of these names. So yeah, indie label. Right. 
Um, I mean, that's some underground kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm sure it's still out there. But yeah, you can start to see, and I don't, I don't make a lot of notes of all this, but he's, he's worked with a lot of people and collaborated with a lot of other kind of indie bands and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he made these first two albums. I'm just kind of lumping this all together. Yeah. Because they're kind of... Very, same sounding as well. Kind of right. Like and it's, yeah. it's, it all kind of is a big package. And it's, he was just discovering how to make music and express himself, like I said. Yeah. Um, and I guess he started going on tour with these albums too. And mm. I was interested to see exactly how he got to that point. But, you know, if it was from a... How he got to go from just making music in his parents' house to going on tour and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know exactly how he got that connection, but he was touring and stuff, doing small gigs. It was just uh, him and the dr- original drummer, Ryan Ulish. Yeah, so when he originally started playing, it was just, yeah. uh, just two Nathan piece. Williams on guitar and yeah. vocals and then a drummer to back up. Yeah, so like, I saw a little clip of them playing. definitely reminded me of like Black Keys or something like that. Like, yeah, the way yeah, yeah. Performing. Yeah, which, yeah it was which is funny. I think at some point they got in a feud with Black Keys they? <laughs> about something. I can't remember what it was. There's a, there's a couple stories about... Yeah. They, these guys get into trouble and i don't know yeah. they're they're not afraid to express themselves and yeah. they get a lot of backlash as well yeah for being like like their 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 image is being punks and being kind of lazy yeah. and like they don't care about anything i mean it kind of goes hand in hand with that type of music right like what yeah. if they were doing this type of music and then they were just like well-behaved young lads wearing suits yeah would you <laughs> would you believe it would, would that would you you know what would yeah. that mean there's got to be some kind of uh rebel or darkness in you to create this type of music in the first yeah place, totally I yeah and i think they they bring that to the table which is cool yeah, yeah. um yeah so i mean this is like 2008 it's lo-fi rock and and that kind of scene with the blogs and the lo-fi rock was kind of, you know, hitting a peak. Yeah. Um, and so he's right in the middle of it, and uh, in a lot of in, in a lot of ways, he was kind of like the the front man for that kind of scene. Yeah. Um, because of his his energy and because of the music he was making and everything. Yeah. So then I guess we can fast forward to King of the Beach. Yeah. And maybe we can introduce a introduce this next segment of the podcast by playing one of those songs. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, let me see. I have quite a few here. Um, um did you add any from this album or was it just all me <laughs> um i think i added no i don't know if i added any king of the beach is good or that the, the yeah. second song from that super album is good soaker. Yeah, yeah. yeah super soaker is cool too let's play uh super soaker let's by do waves it. Super Soaker. Super good. You yeah. can hear how, how, how easily he can, I mean, not easily, but how much energy he can pack into these songs. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's some synths going and stuff. And so that was off of, I think that's the second song off, King of the Beach, came yeah. out August 3rd, 2010. Yeah. And so this album, King of the Beach, marked, um, you know, kind of a new era in the band's um discography yeah pivotal for many reasons actually uh there's a few things that happened during this era Mm -hmm. um uh, we have to mention it and i know nathan loves to talk about it as the whole primavera um Uh, performance in barcelona in spain um where they were playing a show out there and uh, he decided to drink a ton and do some ecstasy pop some zannies yeah something else maybe he had a little I think there was Valium. Valium, yeah, as well. All of it. And um, he had an argument on stage with the drummer. Mm -hmm. And uh, like the drummer's pissed off because it's like, you're not even finishing songs. Like, and I think he like poured uh, a 
glass of beer over Nathan's head and then walked off the stage. Yeah. And then Nathan continued to just like harass everyone, including the audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, he was dissing the Barcelona audience yeah. and he was, he was, you know, like yelling at his drummer, like get back on stage. We're not done. Yeah. And he's just high as a kite. He said he doesn't remember it. Yeah. Meltdown is, is kind of how people have described mm -hmm. that event. At and that time. it was not a good situation. It might be yeah. even a little bit blown out of proportion like yeah. some events sure. are, yeah. but it was certainly um, substantial because um, they, yeah. they were on a huge European tour yeah. and they, it ended up getting, getting canceled mm -hmm. very early on. Um, yeah, I mean, after that, they, I mean, he, well, Nathan decides to cancel it himself, I think, the tour. Mm -hmm. And then as they were leaving that night, I think the guy from the record label was with him and he was like, yeah, the record label's going to drop you now. <laughs> you just ruined your career. Yeah. And I think Ryan was the drummer, original drummer. He left at that point as well. So he got dropped from his label, canceled the rest of the tour. The drummer left and he went back home at that point, I think, mm -hmm. um, to be with his parents for a little bit. And then, you know, didn't give up though. Um, still, I think he basically like spent a lot of time writing material for this album mm -hmm. and um I, and this was right before king of the beach i think or it was after that was released um i'm not sure i think it, it was this time because the primavera thing happened in 2009 and king of the beach was 2010 to me right before this yeah and okay. um and so like he you know but yeah, well, actually, he might have not been dropped by the label when he did the album. I mm -hmm. think they might have started touring it or something because he did. There was a change in like he was able to like use a really good studio for this album. Um, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Have a producer involved, and what he said about that is like that's where he talked about the his early albums sounding trash canny, tinny. Because mm -hmm. he didn't want that. He want he basically said he wanted this to be his Nevermind um, album, right. meaning. Like, you know, the Nevermind album's just like really well produced. It's got a big sound mm -hmm. to it. And he wanted that type of good, well-rounded sound to right. this album kind of thing, uh, which he achieved, I think. Yeah, uh, and if, yeah. if you listen to those first two albums, then you listen to King of the Beach, it's mm -hmm. it's pretty stark. Yeah. So this, this is, it's much, it's, there's good dynamics. It's punk, it's pop punk, it's skate punk, mm -hmm. it's visceral, um, the music, it's pristine, the production. Yeah. Um, the hooks stand out then they're more crisp and clear yeah um yeah it's like post-punk beach boys yeah but the whole album is it's much more clear and um you know it's more of a a studio album yeah than like a lo-fi bedroom yeah beach rock album yeah for sure and and so yeah so he's definitely part of this label i think which put him hooked him up with dennis herring mm -hmm. which is a pretty huge grammy winning producer yeah and i think he works out of oxford mississippi which is where they recorded that album right so pretty cool yeah. um dennis herring yeah he's a grammy winning producer he worked with jars of clay yeah who have you heard of they're like kind of a um, christian band no no but they were they were pretty big in my life in my family yeah um played them a lot and they're they got some really good stuff yeah but he's worked with herring has worked with counting crows mute math hmm. modest mouse okay um the hives yeah so he has some serious credentials yeah which is cool and i think he really helped bring this album to life and definitely yeah create. i know you also think he had a lot of conversations or he said arguments with the producer because he wanted to drown his vocals in like reverb and stuff like that and yeah but the producer really sort of like said no let's try and work to bring them out mm -hmm. a little bit more kind of thing um so which is cool. I mean, yeah, again, he's kind of insecure and stuff, and he wants to bury those vocals. So 
I don't mean to just call him insecure, but like based on what he's talking about in the lyrics and stuff and what I've yeah. seen in interviews, like he's, you know, sometimes scared or insecure, just like we all are. Not, yeah. you no, know, he's still, he's obviously being very um, productive. Yeah. You know, compared to a lot of people. So. Yeah, I know a lot of people that um, are starting to sing or starting to record them, their vocals on there and, you know, not comfortable with it. So you like disguise it or you pitch it up, mm-hmm. something like that. And, and there's no right or wrong answer, which is the yeah, no. subjective artistic thing, which, you know, endless variations of ways you can mix yeah. that album, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It could have turned out a, a lot of different ways, but it turned out really cool. So yeah. really cool stuff on this, this album. It also takes like a turn, I felt, because uh, like the first half of it is really like driving rock music. And then it gets this track, Baseball Cards, and it sort of like goes a little bit softer or electronic in a certain mm-hmm. way. Yeah, yeah, totally. Is that track convertible convertible balloon, um, which is kind of almost poppy sounding? Like yeah, it does that for like a few tracks, and then it sort of ends back on the hard hitting kind of yeah sound. and yeah exactly. There's some yeah. electronic influence on some of these tracks yeah. through the, throughout this album, and some of them don't hit that well for me. Mm. You know, as far as the album goes, I think it's a it's a pretty great album mm. in general, but I think it could have been a little bit stronger. And some of those some of those things take a little bit of the energy out, take out some of the momentum. Puts it in a sort of different direction than what yeah. he's been going. Yeah. Which is yeah. fine, you know. I mean, there, he's, he, he, it was a huge success, right. essentially, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're trying to point out some of the, the critiques yeah. or, you know, our opinions here on Roots to Grooves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is cool. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's a great album. I would, I would posit to say start with this album if, if you're going to get into waves for the first time, cause it's really fun, yeah. really cool stuff, cool hooks, mm-hmm. pretty crisp and clean and really energetic. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I think it was a big, it was a big move for him. And then lineup changes as well at this time, I think. Uh, right. He's joined by Billy Hayes and Stephen Pope. Um, but then Billy Hayes left, I think up when the album was completed and was replaced by Jacob Cooper mm-hmm. on the drums. So uh, yeah. Third, third drummer by the time he came out of this album yeah already a third drummer and yeah. i think i think he he i mean i think pope was i think he was in the band of i don't know i don't, I don't want to say i just off the top of my head but i think his name was jay retard mm. a band okay <laughs> which is, <laughs> what do you say no i'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just like scrolling through my notes like, no <laughs> Uh, yeah, so interesting name, but I think I think eventually at some point he it was the the drummer and the bassist, which was basically the band for Jay Retard, and he uh, kind of took them over. Got it. And uh, I don't have the names right in front of me, but like you said, Pope and the other guy, um, Jacob Cooper. Yeah. yeah, he ended up leaving in 2013 as well. But but for this album, he wasn't on the album, but I think he was on the next album, mm-hmm. possibly. So, yeah. so, so I mean, one way or another, I yeah. know uh, we're, we're just here to learn. We're just researching this, yeah. you know, this week. So I, I like this band in this group, but yeah, uh, you know, we don't have a, we're not, we're not encyclopedias, are we, Jay? Nice, nice. We're just riding off the seat of our pants. Yeah. We're on the edge of our seat. Yeah. Um, so then, I mean, let's move on. Like, and so his, his progression is getting more progressive yeah. and we can talk about afraid of heights. Yeah. If, if you are down that came out in 2013 Mixed yeah. by John Hill at Sonar Studios in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and so this album is—it's pretty big. Even a kind of—it's more alternative. Yeah. But it's a big, a big production. Yeah, 
it's crispy and clean, but it's 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 very dark and distorted. Yeah, a lot of the Nirvana vibes on this. Yeah, totally. Tracks. Th- yeah. Those heavy alternative yeah. grunge vibes. Yeah. It's not as beachy. No. As like King of the Beach. Um, but it is pretty energetic, and that's where we, we played that song, Sail to the Sun, yeah. is good. Then Demon to Lean On was a pretty big yeah. uh, single, and I heard that on like 107.7 here in Seattle. Oh, yeah. And... Um, yeah, they, they played Marymore Park. I saw them play at Neptune. Oh. It was cool. around this time after this Okay. Yeah. Um this album. Yeah. What do you call it? Dropped. Released. Yeah, this this release time there yeah. or what do you call it? A syndicate or like album circuit or oh, re- yeah. release. What I don't know what I'm talking about. Promotional tour or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. But during that time, yeah, so I saw them and they, and they were cool. It, and it was a really good show, by the way. Yeah. Um but this album is really cool. So it's yeah, the same ethos as he comes from with the, the the kind of vibe that he's built around his beachy grungy yeah, yeah. punky sound yeah. um, but it's pretty in tune with nathan's emotions and his his self-deprecation and his insecurities yeah. um the songwriting is pretty similar the lyrics could be they're sometimes kind of shallow mm. you know because he's just saying stuff right off the cuff like right and he's wearing his heart on his sleeve he's just saying these words like like i'm stupid my friends hate me you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like maybe i don't know maybe you don't want to listen to that but <laughs> he, he's saying it anyway and it's it's energetic um, and it's ener- emotionally packed i know it does resonate with a lot of his fans though like he said he's been at shows uh where people have come up to him and literally said oh i thought about killing myself but then i listened to your music mm-hmm. saved me and he was like whoa okay <laughs> yeah like you know so it's having a positive impact even though maybe Maybe it's kind of like people were like, oh, yeah, that's how I feel kind of thing. So even though it could right. sound a bit mm, depressing or whatever. To a little people, negative. To other people, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, he understands yeah. where I'm coming from kind of thing. Totally. And I think that's yeah. a thing that he brings to the table that's really cool. He's not afraid to say these kind of dark ideas um, because we all feel these feelings of insecurity or being scared about the next stage in life or things mm-hmm. changing yeah. or who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? What's my path? What's my purpose? And I think he kind of hits that on the head and he's you know, right out in the open and says it. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of a cool thing to do. So, and, so yeah. I support him for it, even though some of it sounds negative, but, no, the, but the production is great. It's clean and the album rocks pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. Definitely so. a good 90s vibe for me. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in the 90s and you're listening to a lot of grunge music, I would say even late 90s post Nirvana. Um, mm-hmm. Like you'll really like this album, I think. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think it sounds like there might be some ice cream outside. Should we run out? Yeah. Do you have your wallet? <laughs> Do you have? I got a five pound note. Yeah. Oh shit, that's five pounds. We I just hang out the window. Pounds. Yeah, hey, exactly. <laughs> come to signal three five five. Is the code? Yeah. Okay, so um, you want, let's play a track off this if you don't mind. Um, from the uh, Afraid of Heights. Yeah. Demon to lean on. Yeah, that one's it's so good. It's it's a nice poppy grunge song. You can hear it on like a poppy alternative station. Yeah. Um, but it's it's guitars, bass, and drum and vocals, and it's got really cool energy. And I, I it's really succinct mm-hmm. and you know kind of poignant with what it's trying to do and how much energy it packs. Cool. Coming into the chorus, and I think it's a great track. And cool. It's really fun. Let's hit it.
Love me some feedback. I mean, what a good track. Yeah. I just think was... it's really energetic and it's it's just super tight and it doesn't go, it doesn't vary too much. It's not trying to do too much. Yeah. It's a pretty simple track, but it, it hits hard and it's heavy. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool. The dichotomy of what he's talking about with the angels and demons, mm-hmm. that dynamic. Yeah. And then, you know, holding a gun to my head, you know, it's pretty emotionally packed. Yeah. Um, and it hits pretty hard and it's a good single. Yeah. I think they, they released that and it was... It was pushed probably the most out of all those songs. But my my favorite song off that album is probably the first track we played at the beginning of the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Sail to the Sun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah I mean, definitely nostalgic feeling for me, even though it was mm-hmm. 2013. Um, like, yeah, some of those production techniques in there as well, like the way the, the guitars kick in at a certain point. It, yeah. It reminds me a lot of Nirvana when they, like, just before, like, they were about to, like, kick into, like, a chorus, mm-hmm. and then it would go, yeah, <laughs> you just hear it grow, and you hear that, feel yeah. that energy, and, yeah, 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 so, I mean, I love it, and I think they killed it, I think they worked for, like, a year on this album, yeah. and that was longer than they've ever worked on an album, yeah. or, or Nathan has, specifically, and they uh, performed that song on The Late Show with David Letterman, their first performance as well, nice, so, I got oh, I was gonna say, I thought it was yeah. Conan, uh, I have David Letterman here. Okay, sure. I, I bet you're know. right. I bet you're right. Maybe he, he did that as well. <laughs> I'll bet my bottom dollar. But yeah, so I mean, they kind of achieved some mainstream success. Yeah. I think this album charted, yeah. like on Billboard Alternative Rock. Well, so it was, um, so yeah, I forgot to say, like King of the Beach was the first album that he put out under his own label, Ghost Ramp. Okay, cool. Use nice. that name. So this is the second album on that label um but this time i think they got distribution through warner brothers so so a huge label huge backing there to that's probably how they got those late show performances and Mm -hmm. like that extra push that you sometimes need yeah 100 percent. yeah um so i think it was a success yeah awesome that's that's what um that's where i discovered waves yeah and then i started exploring king of the beach and i went backwards and this was before they'd released stuff after like 2013 mm-hmm. when I was first discovering it. So then I kind of followed along through their later albums and more good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we could wrap up that Afraid of Heights. Great album. I would, you know, start there or start at King of the Beach, like I said. Yeah. After that, they he did in whatever time period, 2014, 2015, he released Nine is God. Mm-hmm. And that was for Grand Theft Auto. Okay. Which is pretty cool. Is it an EP or a song? I think it was a single okay. yeah. that they wrote specifically for Grand Theft Auto that was featured on there, um, which is a cool track. Yeah. And I think it, it drags along at the end a little bit for me. Okay. But the, the first half of it is like really cool yeah. and really vibey for me. Just classic, cool wave stuff. Yeah. You know, a little bit of a um, progression from where they were on Afraid of Heights. Um, but you know, I don't know. It's it's cool. It yeah. just drags along like a little bit, re- repeating at the end okay. for me, and it's that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to be a hater. But then I, I guess they also did a compilation album with uh, the Cloud Nothings. Yeah, I think actually that was um, original stuff um, collaboration between Nathan and uh, Dylan Baldy of Cloud Nothings. Mm-hmm. Who I haven't heard of Cloud Nothings. Have you? Um, no, just yeah. besides. Yeah. Besides knowing him from Waves. Yeah, so they released that album at the sa- in the same year, 2015. It was their fourth album, uh, which I think is called Four. Or is it V? Or is V as in the Roman numeral? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, there was V. Yeah. Five. Oh, five. Sorry. I guess that would be, yeah, the fifth album. 
I know my Romeo and Neil was my very well. Five V, <laughs> his album V. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like two in that year, but yeah, that the wait the waves and cloud nothings collaboration actually is a really good album. I was right, yeah. as I was researching for this, this was becoming kind of a more standout album for me from Waves. Nice. Um, just obviously, it's different. I think you can hear that you know that collaboration really come through there. Um, I would say. I said it's more edgier sounding in production quality than than V, mm-hmm. um, and even the most recent album. So, which is funny, I, funny to say because I know like there's pretty there's been some really hard stuff on his previous albums, but mm-hmm. like yeah, it was just something about it was like edgier in some way to me. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's it's cool to see him working with other people to see how his influence affects you know with the other band how it how it's incorporated and how it, how it mixes to form something new yeah you know because obviously some of his stuff is incredibly indulgent mm. and he doesn't care about how it's going to be perceived he's just i'm going to do what i want yeah. whether it's this tin can trashy lo-fi bedroom <laughs> beach pop yeah um you know so i don't know it's it's cool that is a great album and i would definitely yeah um maybe we don't have to play something off that album but i would definitely recommend checking it out it's good yeah and then i i guess while we're on collaborations he has another couple um projects i think with his brother Hmm. and i don't know if i can it's sweet it's not sweet water sweet hill sugar hill no no (laughs) but he has a couple other projects and i don't know like dang i should have pulled them up um, is it what kind of music is it similar or it, is it is it changed it's is similar it? but one of the one of them is a little bit more electronic hmm. electronic indie yeah kind of i don't know if, if, if you can look at them up real quick yeah because i would feel yeah. bad not um, talking about them because i checked out um his other projects i think with his brother and then i think he has another project which i can't remember the name of with his with his other brother or something oh, like wow. that. He has a lot of uh, musical family than it appears. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. And yeah. um, I don't know. I shouldn't even bring stuff up when I don't know <laughs> when I don't have enough information to actually say something of 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 any value. But just throwing it out there that he has these other projects and and they're really cool. And I, I took some time years ago to go through it because I was surprised. I was like, oh, I didn't know he did this, and it it was it was cool and it's yeah. different yeah. from Waves, but it, it has that Nathan Williams kind of punky vibe still. Yeah. Um, which is cool. So damn, I can't really easily um, see his collaborations here. Yeah, on Spotify at least. Yeah, but um, no worries. We don't have yeah. to talk about it. Um, but that's that's kind of how underground they are. Yeah, is they're not super huge. Right. But it's it's great music. Yeah. And I don't know what their their marketing strategy or what they're actually how much they care about those projects or how much they're invested. Yeah. Um. But I'm just saying he has some other outside projects that are really good. Yeah. So so it's interesting seeing how his his image is like a punk, lazy, live at your house, live at your, your parents' house, kind of, you know, addicted to drugs kind of guy. <laughs> um, but, and, and they said this in interviews, like, it's not fair. Like, you can call them, like, call them punks, call them, call them names, whatever you want, but, but they're not lazy. Right. Like the, yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah. putting out a lot of stuff, and they're in the meantime they're touring uh, yeah. a lot. Well, there was a really interesting um, interview with Nathan on Noisy on YouTube, um, where they I guess it's the series they do where they um, 
they have like a therapist doing the interview kind of thing. I think I might have seen that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like a therapy session. It's like 15 minutes long um, with this guy. Um, and they really kind of get into it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, uh, and some some interesting things that came out of that is um, the therapist was like, oh, his religious upbringing makes sense because there's a lot of like a religious symbolism in your lyrics. And he'd like, he hadn't even right. thought about it until the interviewer kind of said it. Yeah. And uh, he was like, oh, I guess there is. Like, you know. And like, <laughs> he didn't even realize. Was, I guess he's subconsciously doing it. And, and the other part that was interesting from this interview as well was like, even though he, you know, has all these insecurities and, you know, you know, things about being worthy or whatever and stuff like that. Right. He said, you know, but the guy was like, well, but what you've actually done is you've actually got through those bad times and you're actually persevering with like positive things like you're making this music which resonates a lot of people mm -hmm. um the most recent thing he's done is he's opened up this uh a shop in la called ghost ramp as well mm -hmm. where he said it's basically like a um a place mostly for like the youth to hang out in yeah um you know and have like a sense of culture kind of thing and a right. place to be and mingle with other people kind of thing yeah you know, so he's sort of giving back to the community in that way so it's like he has a lot of perseverance to keep doing these things and create these things right and um and it's you know even though he might not you know really think about that as a thing it's it's manifesting kind of thing through yeah his actions yeah so i think he has a lot of good energy yeah and he he wants to help himself and he wants to help other people you know like back when he was you know the crazy you know, drug time in, in San Diego when he was involved in that and he took himself out of the equation and moved to Portland. Like, he, he wants to be healthier and he, he wants to be, you know, present yeah. and around. He's not just completely self-deprecating. Um, he's not just, yeah. you know, shooting himself in the foot constantly. He's, he's wild and he's just trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. Um, but he does have positive energy. Yeah. So, like, he, he opened that ghost ramp store. I think it was a record store. Yeah, I think it's many things. I think they sell records and merch. and uh, There's arcade games. Arcade games, yeah. So, um, yeah, and like yeah. you said, just for people who don't know where to go or need some friends or you want need a place to hang out. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, just it's a little community kind of, center kind of thing. It's kind of like, I guess, how like skate shops yeah. have been that for a lot of people kind mm -hmm. of thing. And, you know, I can't think of too many other places like that. I mean, I, I haven't really experienced that sort of inner city American life, but I know I know it's sort of become more of a thing. Like Nipsey Hussle did that as well, I think, with some okay. of his shops. Like they became more of like cultural sort of centers for mm -hmm. people to connect at kind of thing. Right, um, which is cool. Yeah, which is really great way of doing things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, so he's building a community, whether he knows it or not. Yeah. And yeah, so there's a lot of positive stuff. I mean, I guess we can just kind of skip through. So, like, five, his album. Yeah. Um, you know, it's spelled in a V, Roman numeral, five. Mm -hmm. Fifth album, 2015. Yeah. Um, this one was a little bit more of a band album mm. than some of his other works. Yeah. Um, it's loud, it's hard-hitting, it's fast, it's tight. Um, it's still kind of grungy guitars yeah. with that kind of lazy, whiny vocals yeah. from Nathan. Reminds you know, me a bit more of Green Day, some of these tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. kind of the... Yeah. later half of green day's life yeah and you know um 
they've always been kind of kind of been like that. But yeah, Green Day has some like American Idiot mm-hmm. and and Onwards, mm-hmm. which is good stuff. I always wanted to get American Idiot, but I wasn't allowed to buy that album. Oh, really? <laughs> My parents said no. Didn't they end up doing a musical based off of that or something? I don't know. Did they? I think so, yeah. Like a stage musical called American that's kind Idiot of, or something. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. Based on based on songs from that album. Okay. No, I did not so, know that. That sounds great, yeah. though. I would love yeah. to see that. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get a chance. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. But yeah, it, the album's five is tight. It's precise. It's almost over-compressed. Mm. It's very kind right. of flat yeah um and sometimes kind of not in, not exciting as far as the production dynamics go mm-hmm. um and it's fine you know it's great it's yeah. they they explored a new way of doing things you know kind of working with the band and stuff and i don't know my heart isn't super about this album yeah i'm i'm more like a king of the beach and afraid of heights yeah it's funny because even with me not really knowing anything about them um Five was the one that kind of I sort of glossed over. It didn't mm-hmm. stand out as much to me as, as yeah. the others that preceded it, and uh, for sure, you know. And what's the opposite of preceding? <laughs> post seed, po- post, yeah, something like that. Go after, yeah. I was trying to. I don't, I don't know. I was going to say preceded and, uh, yeah, the other thing after. But interesting. Okay. Well. <laughs> That would have been a vocab word for the podcast, but we don't I know. know the word. Yeah. If you guys know the word we're thinking of. We should create a, a glossary of weird words and things that we've said. Uh, no, I was thinking that. Put it on the site or something yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, one one thing I came that came up in my research was non de plume. What's that uh, mean? Non de plume. Yeah, I think I've heard it before. It but French I, or something. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. Um, non de plume, but it basically means like a pen name. Ah. Uh. Like you're alter ego okay. or whatever pen name you know right yeah but cool way to i like that cool phrase so instead of a pseudonym this is my non-diplume yeah pseudonym <laughs> yeah oh well my non-diplume look or maybe you only use non-diplume. that if you're writing poetry anonymously i don't know that's what it sounds like yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fancy you know yeah exactly yeah. it sounds fancy but it's essentially mm-hmm. whatever whatever you just said so yeah i don't know five is good i think it was kind of during this phase i don't know exactly when it was or even if it was earlier than afraid of heights but he at some point he, he wanted to quit music because mm. yeah. he didn't know if it was working if he should do it yeah. or why he should do it or what's the point you know he's you know based on his lyrics this is what he's thinking about and stuff was it a burnout thing um because i've heard this a lot with artists at a certain point after years and years of working mm-hmm. hard at it, you hit that point where it's just kind of like oh this is a lot. Is it worth it anymore? Kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. what am I building? Yeah. Is it worth it? Because yeah. I mean, yeah, these guys were working hard, regardless of their image, about being lazy, yeah. you know, beach bum punks. Right. And so, I mean, yeah, I think he was he was gonna quit, and yeah, wondering if it was worth it and stuff. And his he went to his parents, and they they had a talk, and his dad convinced him to yeah. keep going and keep doing the music thing and keep exploring that. Yeah. And I don't know what they said. I didn't get any more details than that. Yeah. Um, it would have been a pretty cool conversation to hear, I'm sure. Yeah. But his dad convinced him to to keep going, which is interesting because I, I think about, you know, his dad listening to the music and, and Nathan's talking about, you know, <laughs> I, oh, I got a gun to my head. Right. I, my friends hate me. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh, some of his lyrics. Maybe. And, his, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just talking off the top of my head, but maybe his parents realized the value of music has played in his life 
Yeah. Because um, that was the other thing that came out of that strange uh, therapy interview as well, is that um, like probably if he didn't have the music, then the drugs would have maybe taken a greater hold on him. And 100%. Life. Um, but because he found music and found an outlet, to do that stuff it was therapy for him kind of thing yeah um so maybe i don't know maybe his parents realized that as well like if he hadn't have been doing this he could have gone further down yeah the rabbit hole yeah I, mean, I can't imagine how his parents must have been feeling yeah. um you know or, or still you know seeing these interviews where yeah. he's like oh i was addicted to heroin and you know yeah. i lived in a squatter's house <laughs> right, and exactly. i was stealing jeans and yeah you know i mean what a weird you know the world's weird in general. Everyone's doing weird stuff. And, yeah. But as far as we're talking about, yeah. you know, Nathan's been around the block doing funny things. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I guess, like, that's when he started writing material then for Your Welcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so um, he kept on. Yeah, and uh, went back to the little shed behind his parents' house where he wrote and recorded some of his earlier stuff. I think that's where he hold himself up writing material for your mm -hmm. welcome um and i think he said he got like eventually got a demo of like 60 songs <laughs> yeah he just started process. just just him writing ideas yeah. right coming up with demos coming up with ideas and yeah amazing you no know, 60 songs that's a lot yeah he said i kind of jumped around genres um and there were a few production tricks he wanted to do something different he wanted to avoid making another pop punk or garage record. Um, yeah, that's kind of what he said about yeah. this stuff. Um, yeah, then I think he got the band members involved again, showed them the demos, and then uh, the album was also produced by a guy called David Cytek from TV on the Radio. Nice. Kind of heard of TV on the Radio a little bit. I like some of their songs, but I haven't really dove in. Divin, 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 <laughs> doved, doved <laughs> too deep into their stuff. But I like TV on the radio. That's nice. Some, yeah, I haven't heard the name. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, You're Welcome came out 2017. Um, I saw that he worked on most of the material all by himself on this one. Hmm. At least maybe I'm just talking about those demos. Mm -hmm. So maybe he brought the band in after he had those demos is what I think we're agreeing on that. Yeah, I think so. Cool. I mean, he probably like worked very closely with David Sidek on the production. Right. So it's, it's another pretty clean yeah. record. It, some of it, it goes from glam rock, mm. even psychedelia and surf. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like 50, 50s doo-wop mm. kind of yeah. vibes. Yeah. And, you know, even some chip tune or electronica yeah. mixed in. So he's still exploring what he's able to come up with. Yeah. And you know, I think he hit the market. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty interesting listen because he's going from this kind of, you know, this rock and this kind of grunge to you know revisiting some older stuff like from the 50s i know some of it there's one song that sounds almost like like a carnival sound kind yeah. of vibe yeah it's sort of like not all the way through but there's like little intros or whatever mm -hmm. or interludes that have this kind of 50 kind of a little bit like what's happening outside right now i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly i don't like i said it sounds like an ice cream truck I think it's I'm someone, not sure. I think it's a violinist on the street, maybe or something. Okay, like that. Yeah. I don't know. We, there might be the first Mariners game of the season going on. I, uh, I don't know. I saw some Mariners folks out there. Something's happening. Down Something's here. happening, and it's this getting is wild. the most lively we've seen this yeah. area of downtown. It's been dead. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, which is exciting. So well, yeah. Also, I was going to say, I think uh, this album includes his first ever love song, the yeah. final track you're talking about. Yeah, I think. Well, he said about that. Um, yeah, it's called I Love You. It's the last track. 
um i think he said like he's always kind of avoided writing a love song so he just he did it now and he was just like well i'm just going to be explicit about it and just like oh, i love you that's that's gonna be <laughs> like just on the nose <laughs> yeah. you don't i don't have to be all metaphoric yeah exactly or anything like i'm gonna write a love song and i'm gonna call it i love you yeah just uh there you go so i think that was the which first is time he said that. Yeah, yeah yeah with some new territory for him because he yeah. doesn't usually yeah we haven't been talking about what his lyrics about love and yeah. stuff but one thing we haven't talked about is um the band best coast mm, where and, have i heard that name i mean a wife I, I found out about it in a weird way but carry on okay interesting <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to know what you uh, well i went to his cat's official twitter page and it has eight thousand followers but he's only following one nathan williams cats yeah his cat okay yeah, yeah his cat's name but hasn't his cat hasn't tweeted since 2014 so i don't know <laughs> uh but yeah this account's only following one other account and it's best coast oh, okay so, wow. so i mean yeah so they were boyfriend girlfriend okay um i can't remember her name she's like a solo right she's like the main person in her own band okay main songwriter and, and vocalist and guitarist i think mm-hmm and she's also she's got a, like a following. I think she's played on some late night shows, right? Um, and she's also based out of the same San Diego or Los Angeles area, yeah. Um, and that's cool. And she's good. And so they were they've kind of been off and on. And she's as far as I can see through all these interviews, and they kind of go they're they're dating, then they break up. Mm. They're dating for a while, they break up. But it's been like three or four times as far as my research went. Yeah. Um, and I don't have the specific dates or anything, but they're kind of off and on throughout these years. And she's kind of like his muse in a way. And a lot of these albums are kind of talking about, you know, the breakup, you know, yeah. obviously not the, the lovey-dovey, everything's happy and good. Yeah. He, he, he tends to focus on the more negative things, at least in his lyrics. Yeah. But I think, he has, I think this guy has a lot of love in his heart. I don't want to keep painting him to be like just a 100% depressed person. I think he's smart. Yeah. And he has a lot of creative talent. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Driven you know yeah he's, um, he's putting in a lot of effort he's really funny as well actually mm-hmm. like, i've seen some in, like if you go on youtube and try and watch interviews of him a lot of them are just quirky and weird and funny and because uh, he, he doesn't take anything seriously yeah there's this one it's on the official waves channel i think uh, with this older guy interviewing him it's the most hilarious shit i've ever seen i think <laughs> i saw that too just last night and i'd never seen that either like i think he must have done they must have done it on purpose like he but he's yeah just go watch it everyone it's funny yeah um, i i should have written down the notes of what that that video was called yeah but um just search waves interviews and it's yeah. one of the ones that pops up because it is hilarious because it's like it's almost like because it's on their official account i feel like they did it on purpose to ha- kind of and and it's almost like he's not afraid to make fun of himself yeah because people always bring up the primavera thing and, mm-hmm. and so and they kind of made fun of that in this interview as well kind of thing so, yeah 100 percent. Yeah. and this you know older gentleman and he's like 60 or 70 <laughs> he doesn't know anything he was like so your album afraid <laughs> on the, of the beach yeah afraid yeah. of the beach yeah and he was like do you play an instrument and he's like, how do you know <laughs> yeah he's, he's calling out so do you play air guitar like when you're up there like you're it's rec- it's pre-recorded and you're you're playing air guitar and yeah. he's like no i i yeah. he's like you really play an instrument yeah and this album is like it's, it's all you it's your music yeah 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 so i mean it's it's hilarious and it's it's off the cuff and i don't know yeah it was yeah satirical yeah and and planned i think i want to kind of see more i want that guy to do a series of like well i was wondering does he do interviews i don't know i 
have to research. I, I was in the zone, so I was like, I, I don't have time to go exactly. on a sidescape right now or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but hilarious. Yeah, we'll put it up on the when it, on the YouTube. We'll try to link it up. Yeah, we'll we link release. it up. Yeah, because yeah. it, it's it's fun to watch no matter what, whether yeah. you like this guy's music or not. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty hilarious. So yeah, yeah that's your welcome 2017. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then that's basically the last LP that's been released, and that's you know mm-hmm. three four years ago. Yeah. And since then, he has a one single and i think there were some rumors that he's been working on stuff that was supposed to come out in 2020 or or 2021 i think yeah or i might have seen oh i think i was different artist i was oh. <laughs> oh that's the next one i was gonna, gonna say record. 2019 there was an announcement but i think that was a different artist i'm talking okay. about so yeah i think he might have some more material but um to say the least he released a song i think it was 2021 mm. and you know my bad um sinking feeling which is a, a single release that came out, I don't know when, but in t- 2021. Yeah. So I think he's still working on stuff. I think there's another album in the works. Yeah. And I'm sure, I bet that's going to come out later this year or early next year, mm-hmm. 2022. Um, but that's, that's just my general vibe. I don't have a, yeah. um, uh, any sources on that. No sources. He's at this hiding moment. out right now. Yeah. And uh, working on music, hopefully. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I mean, that basically brings us up to date um, with this guy. Waves, it's beach rock, it's grungy. He's got some lo-fi stuff. He's got some glam rock, some 50s doo-wop. Big nostalgic vibe for me in terms of 90s grunge rock Mm -hmm. stuff. If you're into that stuff, this is a good kind of a celebration of that type of music. But building on top of it, I think. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, that's basically all I got on this guy. I would would start with King of the Beach. Or Afraid of Heights. Yeah. If you're looking for something a little more wacky, go King of the Beach. If you're looking for something more 90s nostalgia, but in a cool new way, mm-hmm. Afraid of Heights. And I would also say uh, Spin the Cloud Nothings collaboration. I yeah. Re- I really like that album as well. 100%. So, yeah. Um, and I guess the only one thing I wanted to say is this name Waves. Um, basically, he called him that because he was living with a friend somewhere near the ocean and he's always been scared of the ocean right so this guy's all about beach (laughs) vibes yeah you know living in san diego and stuff and but he doesn't surf i've never been to san diego is it i know it's like a big city but is it more of a beachy type city or not really like it's pretty beachy okay i mean yeah once you get close to the coast yeah it's it's you know kind of hawaiian kind of vibes nice kind of beach vibes some breweries on the yeah you know right kind of on the beach yeah and yeah i mean it's fun it's great i gotta go check it out yeah we should definitely go down there sometime dude we gotta make a trip yeah um do some sunshine i can do that we need some vitamin d (laughs) exactly yeah i'm down i got some family down there so we already got a place to stay nice there you go uh you got anything else on this guy um no waves nathan william nathan williams yep um ghost ramp go if you're in la go or i don't know with covid and that they might be opening up again soon or, or whether they're still yeah there. i don't know but yeah I, I bet they are but um yeah or especially if you're young or know someone that's young needs a place to connect with people it sounds like a good place yeah i would love so to check it out yeah um but, pick up one of the albums i think they have all the albums on vinyls for for sale there yeah which is pretty cool yeah and so yeah, I mean this this band is is cool. It's dynamic. I don't I, I don't personally like every single track. No, but some of the tracks I really love. But some dependable, good driving songs. Yeah, uh, 
yeah, I would say Afraid of Heights is a good, dependable one for that. Just, you know, yeah, no, all the way yeah. through kind of thing. Even King of the Beach mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, cool. Should we um, play out on something from uh, You're Welcome or something else? Um, Maybe one of the favorites. Well, you put some on that list. Play something and surprise me. Okay, well, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it. Then I'm gonna play a little bit from the Cloud Nothings thing. Okay, that sounds good. Um, I mean, and we're out, right? This is it. And we're out. This is it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, it's been Rooster Grooves. This is. Um, I'm Jesse. I'm Jay. Uh, if you guys got any cool stories about waves or any other information, um, anything at all, hit us up. We want to know what you think. Yeah. What's that email, Jay? Roots to Grooves at signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com. Boom. And we'll catch you next time. Peace out, guys. Thank you. Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.